If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When I, um, when I came out to my friends first, they were like so confused because like, how can that be a thing? What is romanticism? Right. Like, they just all think it's just one thing. But there's a split difference. There's a thing there that makes that barrier. Hello. And welcome to Half In, Half Out, the only LGBTQ plus gymnastics podcast. I'm Kino. And I'm Blake. And this week we are bringing you an interview with Tiana Wynn, a freshman at UNC. Uh, We talked about her starting training. Uh, We talked about her coaches in the past and her decision to compete for Vietnam instead of for the U.S., um, we also talked about her coming out experiences as a biromantic asexual person, including some good and including some bad. We talked about her future aspirations, uh, and it was just really lovely, and it was really exciting to get to know her. It really was. Um, I We say that about everyone, but it's yeah. so true. Everyone we bring on is just so delightful, um, and we really enjoy getting to know just people in the gymnastics community who, you know, are just like us. Yeah. <laughs> in some in some news, um, we just had National Coming Out Day um, at yesterday as of us recording this intro. And so we will dive into some of the folks who came out yesterday later on. We've already reached out to them. We just want to say congrats to everybody who... Uh, was able to safely come out yesterday, and also we see you and hear you if this wasn't a safe time for you to do that. Yes. It's okay. That's the biggest thing. Don't feel like because it's National Coming Out Day and you didn't come out, that makes you, you know, um, less a part of the community. Um, It's all about your own safety and your own comfort, and it's really important. And, yeah. Also, on a COVID note, Right now, it's very stressful for many people, including myself, and I just want to remind everybody, please take care of yourself, both physically and mentally, as much as you can, because it's a rough time, and it's a rough time for no matter what you're doing right now. Um, We care about you. And we care about you, so please do that, um, because honestly, after we finish recording this info, our intro, I'm going to go take a nap. So... (laughs) And it's seven something in the evening. That's called so. sleep. That's called sleep. I don't know. Uh, it's a long nap. For twelve hours. <laughs> it won't even be twelve hours. I wake up at five a.m. <laughs> but yes, so please take care of yourselves right now because we care about you and we know it's a rough time. So yes. But without any further ado, here's Tiana. 
So Tiana, hello. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for asking me to be here. Oh, of course. Um, people on Twitter were very much excited um, yes. as soon as we announced you were coming in. But also, I think that's how we learned that you, or at least part of the community, is that is that folks who listened to us were just like, Tiana's going to UNC. And we were like, this is the best news. Yes. So we're excited <laughs> to have you we love finding out news like that. So. so you are on campus now at UNC. How's it going? Um, it's good. There are a lot of places that um, have closed down now, and we have a lot of rules set down. But as long as we follow them, we're all good. So stuff's like just now shutting down that wasn't shut down before? Um, there were certain things before that were shut down, but now they've put more things shut down to try and get less um, chances. Right. right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to be on, on my campus oh, in person absolutely. right now. Like, You're I teaching just, in real life. I'm teaching in real life, but not at university. Um, so teaching in real life right now is very stressful. Um, I will be completely honest, but at least I can I, imagine. <laughs> the children leave at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be with the children at my own home, which, you know... Also, they're children. They can't go anywhere. That's true. Like, they can't be like, yeah, we're going to a party. I mean, they can, but their parents have to take them. As opposed to, like, you know, um, we've heard multiple stories of campuses being like, oh, crap. So what are the, like, rules that you have to follow then? So you're always wearing your mask, um, no matter what, unless you're in your um, dorm room. And then always six feet apart um you if you're sitting in the dining hall you're going to be sitting at like a table with one chair and they're all six feet apart That's and so depressing. if there is a booth they skip every other like chair in the booth do you have to so you have to eat alone effectively yeah essentially that's so me and my so depressing. Uh, uh other freshman teammates we all just try and like try and find a cluster yeah. of five tables nearby each other. Well, yeah, like especially as a freshman, like the dining hall is such a social place. It's like we all live together and we're all being freshmen together. <laughs> and now we're all going to go down to dinner together. Yeah. Oh, oh. gosh. Um, are you living with other freshman athletes? Um, I'm in a room by myself, actually. I was supposed Ooh. to have a roommate but she opted out this semester. So in the other suite in the room across from me is my two other teammates. Nice. Hey, at least in all of this, I mean, it would suck to be alone because we're already so isolated from each other, but also you like don't have to worry about like your roommate getting COVID and bringing it to you. Yeah. yeah. Wait, do you have to wear a mask like in the hallway? Like, wait, you have a suite. So you have, do you guys have a bathroom in your suite? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was gonna be like, do you have to wear a mask like when you go to the bathroom and like go shower? Yeah, so we have a connecting like Jack and Jill bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are on campus. You get started with the semester, but you also are in your first. Um, you just started training with the team for the first time, freshman at UNC. Um, how is training going? How do you feel? 
Um, the first day was really hard. And I was all like, man, before, like, back in um, August, before I left home, I was doing a full bar routine. But now that I'm here and I had like this month break with uh, COVID stuff before we can start practice, I like can't do anything. At least everyone else is probably in a similar boat. Yeah, everyone is. At least the freshmen are like all the right. same. Oh God, yeah, that has to be rough. I'm nervous to go back to adult gymnastics. I'm like, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> like, I mean. Like, you guys can train, um, and you can, like, socially distance while you train and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And your season, you know, isn't till January. But, like, I think about all the fall sports, and I think about some of the sports that are, like, gymnastics is not a contact sport. Okay? Yeah. Like, it's an equipment sharing issue, but it's not, um, it's not necessarily a I'm touching other people issue. And, like, the idea that, like, you know, football exists. I'm just like, yeah. um. Or foot or football team actually has their first game this weekend and there's going to be no one in the stands but like cardboard cutouts (laughs) i'm glad there's no one in the stands but like oh god can we also like some can i think you should be able to submit like your profile to be a cardboard (laughs) cutout just like serious especially (laughs) and like for gymnastics so we should be able to submit like blake and kino cutouts to be in in our merch free advertising (laughs) so while we're on the subject of being back at unc when okay so i have two questions have your classes started yes they have okay and what's your potential major because you're a freshman my potential major as of right now, is exercise and sports science. Okay. And I'm planning to minor in coaching education. Oh. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a minor, but I like it. Yes, we can minor in coaching education over here. Oh, that's perfect. That's great, and maybe they should just have that everywhere? (laughs) What? No, I'm sorry. If you're doing some sort of sports-related major, shouldn't there be a coaching education major? (laughs) Like... I think that yeah. would help. It would not solve, but it would help with a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is something you're considering then going into coaching? Yes. I plan to be a gymnastics coach. Yeah. Yes. I, I, like, I think it's interesting. Like, you're like, I plan to do this. And a lot of people, like, I feel like just are like, eh, I'm going to stay in gymnastics and be a coach. But you're like, no, this is what I want. Yeah. yeah. Which is really that? exciting. Before I left, I was already coaching um, our level eights. I was their ballet coach. Ooh. Fancy. That is very fancy. I was the ballet coach, and then I was assistant coach to Beeman Floor. That's, and, see, that's um, so oh, cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. That is so cool. That's some, like, Jordan Weaver stuff where you just, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm 21, and I have a full coaching resume. <laughs> like, it's going to be. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Like. Yeah, I feel like you, you know, you actually have coaching experience, which is really interesting because I feel like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with like, you know, you have a gymnastics yeah. experience just going into a coaching position, but like actually having coaching experience, I think is really helpful. Yeah. My coach really encouraged um, a lot of her older gymnasts to try and like coach the younger ones or try and spot them. And she'd like show us how to spot them too, in case we ever like wanted to come back for a job while we were looking for That's another cool. That's so cool. 
I love that. I love that so much. And it's so doable because I um, was in a position where I, not in this sort of like helpful and encouraging way, but like I was often spotting other kids towards the end of my like youth gymnastics career. And if it had been channeled as like, hey, do you want to learn how to do this thing? Like, I think I totally would have said yes. Um, And the coaching totally could have been a thing that would like have been a cool thing to do. Um, Yeah. So I'm glad you're just like- As opposed to you're the tallest kid. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you're tallest, tallest kid, yeah. Um, How did you decide on UNC? So back in eighth grade, I believe, it was seventh or eighth grade. My friend, actually, my friend first went and visited the campus of UNC. And they did one of those uh, tours around. And she was like, Tian, I think you'd really like going to UNC. You should try and look around there. So we did. <laughs> and we spent a time, right? Right. My mom completely forgot. Right. So I'm sleeping. She goes, Tana, wake up, wake up. We have a flight in like oh uh, two hours. And it's like three in the morning. I was, where are we going? Uh, I forgot we had a tour at UNC today. Oh my God. Oh God. I so love it. We flew <laughs> at three, four in the morning. Oh got to UNC, went to the hotel, got to campus, had the tour. <laughs> That is literally actually like the stuff of nightmares for me. Yeah. Just forgetting yeah. something. I have nightmares about that kind it's of thing. On Halloween. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> okay, first yeah. of all, college on campus on Halloween. Probably yeah. not a place you should visit with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Very true. Um, but you got there. Yes. Yeah, it did. And then the magic yeah. happened, I'm guessing. You fell yeah. in love. Well the magic happened. I saw how everyone looked so happy there the gym looked great the team looked great and um united and I said I want I like that a lot I want to be a part of that and I think what also sold it was at the time I was practicing a dance for my YouTube channel right yeah I've seen (laughs) it I needed needed to practice it (laughs) before I got uh, home so I could record it right I practiced it in the gym while all the other girls were practicing gymnastics and the assistant coach at the time saw it and she was like I guess she thought I was like really bold and out there for like doing yeah. that everyone was practicing I mean I think that for sure like I you can't pay me enough money to dance in oh, yeah. like, I'm glad though that you like found a space where you felt immediately comfortable to like kind of like take that risk even if it didn't feel like a big risk for you mm-hmm. and then to like be loved that and accepted that for them to be like that's really cool that you're here doing that versus being like who's that weirdo in the corner dancing like I'm so glad that you like on the first shot basically just like found this community that was going to be really perfect for you it seemed like yeah and then that night I got to be a part of um a team competition where it was pumpkin carving yes so right away it was like this is fun this is community this is like going to be a good time yeah, everything was just so open and nice and wonderful. And I wanted to be a part of that. Oh, that's so good. I 
Um, I love that, especially because I hadn't really heard much about UNC's team until I started looking into you. Um, and so I'm really glad that we're going to, um, we always say that like the, the best thing about these interviews is that we have all these new like teams and people to root for. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm really, I'm really excited to, to get to root for y'all. Oh, I mean, I just was really excited because we keep talking about how we need to order t-shirts from all the universities of people we've interviewed and you guys our colors are like blue and it's yeah. beautiful yeah i just actually, looked up we actually just had um pictures and the little clips video clips taken yesterday ah. so i'm excited to see those come out i saw that little like preview um yeah and like the colors are just so perfect um mm -hmm. i'm excited to see the full thing it's gonna be really cool um the UNC, your team is really diverse in a really cool way, especially like you having other Asian representation on the team. That's really awesome. Yes, I'm so happy to see how diverse our team is because I'm someone who very much values um, culture. I like learning about other cultures. And I think that really really um, developed more when I was traveling around different countries as an elite gymnast. Right. Well, and you also let, um, made the choice to represent Vietnam. And I'm guessing that that was also like a cultural, culturally important decision for you too. Yes, it was because my parents were immigrants. Okay. My parents and grandparents were immigrants. So being able to compete for their country just felt very, um, it was a lot of emotion for me. <laughs> so can I ask a question about that process? Oh yeah. The process of competing. For, so um, you said your parents are immigrants. So is it a complicated process to try to, to compete for another country that is not the United States? If I presume originally, like they would have just assumed you're competing for the United States. I don't know how that works. So you have to get in contact with um, the head um, okay. of the um, facility or practice you want to be a part of. And they'll determine like through sent videos and other things if they want to see you um, in person or um, know more about how you train, how you practice, how you compete. And then they'll determine if they want to have you on their team. Okay. So for me, it was a very complicated process because okay. we needed to have um, one, at least one parent who had um, dual citizenship. Uh. So one in Vietnam and one in the US. Yeah. And we tried with my mom, but we could never find her birth certificate. Oh, so we went through my dad. <laughs> and he still has um, a brother who lives in Vietnam. Okay. So his brother was like, oh, yeah, here's his certificate. And funny story, we all thought his birthday was May 10th. It's like January 20th. Oh, my gosh. I'm dying. Does he still celebrate his birthday on May 10th? Yes. <laughs> okay. No, see, I, see that's, those are the questions I'm asking. I need to know when your father celebrates his birthday. <laughs> yeah. So we're all here like, how? 
Oh my god, that's amazing. It's not even close. I thought you were no. going to be like, yeah, but it's like two days earlier. It's like, no, completely different month. Oh, I it's love it so much. Completely different. So, you had to pay money to get that uh, passport for Vietnam, and you had to go. They constantly went to an embassy, a Vietnam embassy in Houston, mm-hmm. to send off stuff for Vietnam. And eventually, by the time I was um, 15, I think, we finally had um, my dual citizenship. Okay. And then by the time I was 16, I had my FIG license. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at, um, looking at, like, the USAG site, and I was, because I'm like, oh, you exist here, okay. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can tell, because then it's, like, after, like, 2018, everything in parentheses says Vietnam, (laughs) like... And I was like, okay, because I'm like, there is, um, there's like a split. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really, we've never been able to ask that. Um, I've never been able to ask anyone that. And I've always found it, um, I've been very curious about the process. Um, because there are tons of people who compete for countries, like, you know, who, um, you know, live in the United States, were born in the United States. Yes, not a lot of people know how to go about it. And I'm sure it's very different for some countries, like, Maybe it's easier for trying to compete for like Greece or France or, you know, those European countries. But for something like Vietnam, it's a lot more difficult. Like it was such a big deal when Irina, um, I'm going to say her last name wrong, Alexiva competed for Russia because like mm-hmm. also depending on how just like also the depth of a program and um, but like Vietnam sent a team. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, in 2019, which is really great. I mean, Vietnam's not that small of a country. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's pretty big, but like, it's not a country you hear about a lot yeah. when it comes to gymnastics. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and someone on Twitter uh, at BHS layout uh, had referred to you as like the most high-profile gymnast for your country. Is that what it felt like while you were? competing Uh, a bit like I knew it was mostly because I was blessed enough to be in a country that had good equipment it had a good Mm -hmm. environment to practice in like these girls they're practicing on old used equipment from another country um there's not like any ac in their gym there's like holes in the ceiling it's very rough over there (laughs) So you kind of got to like get all the benefits of training over here, but then like get to go and represent this country you're so proud to represent and to go and like help out that team essentially. Um, And that's just so awesome. I do want people to know how to do it because I think more people should do it. You know, like if Mm -hmm. you, if you have have the connection. Yeah. Yes. I encourage those who have like mixed, um, ethnicity Mm -hmm. to try other countries too so you said that you you finished the process of like getting all of your your license switched over and all the stuff when you were um 16 what were those conversations like like in your family or in your gym with your coaches um when you're like 12 13 14 15 to where you were like this is what we're gonna commit to doing Okay, so 
When I first got into elite gymnastics, we assumed I was just going to compete for the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. And then my coach, she was starting to realize, oh, it's actually not that great. I'm seeing all these girls getting hurt trying to appease these national team coaches. God bless your coach. For real. When the Vietnam delegation was on their way to Rio for the qualifications, my coach reached out to them to try and get them to come up to our gym to see me and try and see if they wanted me on the team. And I assume they were immediately flabbergasted and ready to scoop you up. (laughs) Yeah. It was so funny, too, because the one of the coaches, she was like, she's already 16, right? We can we can have her compete, right? And they were like, no, 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 she's still 15. (laughs) That's so good. I'm I think that's very interesting that your coach was just like, no, we shouldn't put you in the u.s system yeah or like and obviously you had to compete in the u.s system for a little bit but like ultimately the goal was you are not going to have to impress anybody in the united states with your gymnastics and risk your own personal health you're going to achieve your goals on your own terms yes my coach was very protective of my body she tried so hard to just make me do the scale requirements to have those like impressive skills that yeah. were basically made for my body. Right. Oh, that's smart. That just sounds like such a major, amazing coaching that you got to experience. And to, I, I think that we've heard from some people who have said like, I found out later on how much my coach was looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Not as many people who are like, I knew that what was happening was that my coach was protecting me from this system. Yes. And she was even um, protecting me from one of our other coaches in the gym at the time. Because that coach, she wanted me to do everything that the U.S. uh, national team wanted me to train and stuff. Like side arrow layout, layout, backhand swing layout, layout, things like that. And my head our head coach and my main coach, she was like, no, she can't do that. Her body like isn't made for that. Yeah. So it was a lot of going head to head with each other. And I think that's really important too, because, you know, gymnastics is not a one size fits all thing that like the way people talk about gymnastics is you should be able to do X, Y, and Z skills if you're going to be successful, but you do not have to be able to do X, Y, and Z skills mm-hmm. to be successful. You I think don't. that's the most, like you see more interesting gymnastics when not everyone is doing the exact same skills over and over mm-hmm. again. And that's why it's kind of interesting when you get to NCAA because that's when people whip out some really fun vaults too. Um, yeah. Just like they whip out just interesting skills that you don't see because mm-hmm. a you don't have to do i mean gymnastics is always hard but like the difficulty yeah. requirements aren't as much and it's like you can do fun things that look cool because the code allows for that well and i think like almost yeah. everybody else has to like make this huge adjustment to thinking about gymnastics that way and it kind of seems like you've been afforded this like thinking about your gymnastics that way for a while now Mm -hmm. 
I think a lot of people have said like more coaches from learn learn from what's happening mm-hmm. sometimes in NCAA. Yes, this is why skill values are a thing and why we have requirements. Yeah. So requirements say you're only supposed to have like this certain skill value this many times. Right. So. When you add all this extra stuff on just to like be one among each other or because Mm -hmm. the competition in that country is so dense or because like you've put these girls through so much that like they're just going to power through all of the pain and stuff mm-hmm. uh and then hopefully make it yeah you, know, like, you got to you got to have at least like some assurance of like i'm protecting myself this whole time i'm being protected this whole time yes my coach and i are thinking is that the best uh routines the routines that get the best scores are the ones that are actually easier that uh, that are clean easy fill all the requirements yes. all you need yeah and we see that all the time at ncaa especially where people are just like um like um at finals a couple years ago with like maggie nichols she had like a two two pass routine and then mm-hmm. wins you know like you're just going to be so, I'm just so excited to watch you at NCAA. And for that to be not just rewarded by your coach and the judges who have sense, um, but for like, kind of like you to be in this culture of NCAA where like, we are all thinking of gymnastics this way. Um, And I don't know, I just think, I think it's going to be like a very Kyla Ross situation where you're just like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> and like, not to put extra pressure on you, but like, I just think it's so cool. Um, I've never heard any person coming into their freshman year in gymnastics who sounded like this genuinely like prepared to me. Yes. The moment I uh, stopped my elite training, I was like, oh, easier routines, easier yeah. routines that I can make without yeah. dying in them. So I guess on the sc- subject of skills um, that we were briefly talking about mm-hmm. from Michaela, which is gym. Oh, I thought it said gymnastic cloves. It's gymnastic loves. <laughs> gymnastic loves. Um, Michaela gymnastic loves wants to know what was one skill you tried to get, but never did that you really enjoyed training. <sighs> okay. So there's a lot of skills that I like kind of have trauma on <laughs> that I tried <laughs> that I tried <laughs> so one of them was doing um toe on shaposh okay but I just could never push myself back enough to get past the low bar I was good at it with spot but I could never do it by myself <laughs> interesting and then there was a time where I was doing front handspring front double full on floor but eventually I got to the point where it was like okay I gotta stop this because I'm gonna end up like hurting my arms mm-hmm. and then also on floor I was learning round off back handspring full in pike oh but then we were just like nah that's too much on her body yeah 
it's just like I mean, such the, oh, yeah. it's just the best way to make decisions. It's like my body said no. My body said, no, I'm not going to do this skill. Like, I'm not going to destroy myself trying to do a skill. Yes. There are plenty of other fun skills that you can do. Yes, definitely. And that was, that's the reason also why I switched from doing a Ginger to to Ray. Okay. Because my Gingers, they were good. But then there was a point where I kept having blocks on them. And I would shift between doing them and not doing them. Okay. To the point where I was like, you know what? I went to my coach and said, I want to try Ray because this isn't working out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Best decision of my life. I just want everybody to have that, you know? Yeah. What I want. Um, and I, knowing that especially now um, just makes me so much more excited that you're exploring or that you want to coach like that's that you're going to bring that to the field it's just so amazing. yeah like you uh, like you can already, already talk about positive you. coaching about positive coaching better than most coaches seriously <laughs> so. yeah like having that mindset going in because that was the mindset you were coached with yes my coach she's like you're going to be such a great coach because you have the toughness from me, but you're also a little softer than I am. I'm so excited. Being tough and soft is like really important when Mm -hmm. you're working, you know, with kids or, you know, not all gymnasts are kids, but you Mm -hmm. know, you start working with gymnasts when they're kids. Okay. So when we started, we say this like every time, but when we started the podcast, we knew of literally zero openly queer anyway, NCAA gymnasts. And now we have this whole list of people we've interviewed and more people that we're talking to soon. Um, and you're You've not, been on our list for a very long time. You have. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, um, no, no. I'm just saying like. <laughs> mostly me. The, the list has grown, but like you've been on our list for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're not the only by a person we've talked to and you're not the only ace like by or by romantic person we're gonna talk to um that we have talked to uh and you're not the only ace person that we are going to talk to but you're the first ace person we get to talk to um and so i'm really excited about that um i thought the best way to to get talking about your experiences as a biromantic asexual gymnast was to ask this question from at Kali's Bars. Um, and they asked, as a bi-ace slash demi-questioning person myself, how did you come to the conclusion that you're biromantic and asexual? Okay, so even when I was younger, I knew I wasn't like normal in the sexuality sense. So With I read a lot quotes. of fiction. Yeah. I read so a lot you read a lot of fan fiction? Yes. Yes. Ah, and yes. my there heart was right there. One work where it explained the difference between the sexual spectrum and the romanticism spectrum. And as I read through it, I decided to study more on it. And as I went through all the research on it, all the explanations. I was like, oh, this makes sense. I resonate with this. So I'm glad fan fiction how... was your light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
And I was just like, okay, I'm biromantic and I'm asexual. That's a thing. That to me is always the best. That was the huge feeling for me too of like, oh my God, like this word exists that actually like, it feels like I just wrote this, but somebody else wrote it. Mm-hmm. I get to like have a word for myself. It's like, there's just such a powerful thing to, to have. It is really interesting because, well, we talk about the concepts of labels and all of that, but like words mean things to people. And so finding the words um, and whatever those words are for you, finding those words is so important. Important. Yeah. Just like as a bi person, people are like, well, how do you know that you're bi and you're not pan? I'm like, because bi fits. Like it just, yeah. it's the word that I know I can't like, and I know there's a lot of overlap, but I know that that's the word that fits for me. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really important that people are able to find those words. And I'm so happy that you were able to find those words. Yes. I was really happy about that too. And when I, um, when I came out to my friends first, they were like, so confused because like how can that be a thing what is romanticism right like they just all think it's just one thing but there's a split difference there's a thin line there that makes that barrier but it's still there yes (laughs) yeah that's totally there um so for the listeners that we have who would be asking you the same question um how did you describe it? How did you explain it to those friends? Or how do, what definitions do you use now? So I explained it as I'm able to love both genders. I'm able to still have relationships with them. But that doesn't mean I want to have sex with both uh, genders. That's a good way to explain it. That makes perfect sense. To the point, like, <laughs> I just want to love. I don't necessarily want that uh, sexual interaction. I just want love, cuddles, kisses, just that. <laughs> I mean, I think cuddles are incredibly underrated, to be personally, perfectly honest. Yeah. I'm like, like half the time I'm like, oh, I think about a relationship, but I'm like, okay, cuddling is really yes. important. Do you I like lo- to cuddle? I love those cozy cuddles and bear hugs. I love all that. Mm-hmm. But the moment I start thinking about sexual interactions is when I start getting very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is with my friend. And I'm kind of helping her through this identification also. Nice. I'm glad that you can help her her mm-hmm. through that. Yes. I'm glad that you can help her through that. Actually, my coming out has led to like a chain of other gymnasts in my gym coming out. No way. Yes. Lot. That's amazing. This is more than I thought. (laughs) I literally did not think there were so many of us in the gym that would like be a part of this spectrum of one of my friends came out lesbian, one came out by my friend that I'm helping out now. She's still trying to figure it out. Her sister is lesbian. So I was just like, I did this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Does your gym, though, have the highest percentage of out queer people? <laughs> I want a poll. I want an academic study. I want to know. <laughs> well, and I would bet, too, that that isn't a coincidence. Like, 
we've talked to a lot of queer people and a lot of levels about their experiences with gymnastics. And most people have had some experience in some gym, whether it was when they were like four or 28, um, where they felt like their queerness was a problem or in especially the kind of like for younger folks who might not have figured out that it was identity stuff, like just this feeling really uncomfortable and feeling really uncomfortable in particular with like how strict like gender roles were shaking out and like power dynamics. And I think like queer people for a lot of reasons just tend to be a little bit more tuned into like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a coincidence that like all these folks who would have been extra vulnerable in gyms that had a different methodology that those people all landed with your coach who really had a different approach. Yes. And like, of course I had teammates who were like not supportive of it. Like we had a couple teammates who were all like, this is a sin. You're going to go to hell. You're going to burn in hell. And they actually managed to make um, one of my friends cry through that. And I was like, no, can you do this? Like, how is it a sin to do this? Like, it's love. Isn't it in the Bible to say, love and cherish everyone, be compassionate to everyone? Yeah. This is in, like, te- this is in Texas? Yes, in Texas. Because yeah. Texas. Because Texas. That sucks. <laughs> that people were that terrible. Really sucks. It did suck for a while. <laughs> how did like yeah how did that it got better as we always say it gets better it got better they just slowly just accepted it silently that we weren't gonna change our minds about this that this is what we've identified with and they just kind of stopped talking about it (laughs) i really like the way you phrase that um, that you said they accepted it silently that you weren't going to change your minds in the sense that like they accepted that you weren't going to change, mm-hmm. but it's also not giving them the credit of necessarily accepting you. And I think sometimes we um, give people credit for just because they don't say anything doesn't mean they actually are accepting. And I think that those people don't deserve the credit that they're getting. Um, yeah. They decided to not verbally say anything um which i think is i really like the way you phrase that so when you did come out did you come out as bi ace both or queer like how did that process go or did you immediately start explaining um the way you explained it to us um it can be really hard to explain being ace so i would see it as understandable if you had skipped that step but from what i understand you didn't and this is from the same person who is asking because they're looking for advice for themselves, just to be clear. So, how I came out was this year on the first day of Pride Month, I went on my Instagram story and said, yeah, in honor of Pride Month, cut it there, next slide, I'm coming out as a biromantic asexual. Yes. Yes. And I just left it there for whoever followed me to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of my friends were all like, You did, you're so brave. I give you props. Oh my God. And my cousin too, she was like, 
we're so brave with how our family is. And I was like, yeah, I really had that sense of like, oh, I'm so scared of like how people are going to react to this. But at the same time, right. it was so freeing. Like, weight just lifted off my shoulders now that it's out. Yeah. It was funny too, because my brothers were on a phone call with each other. I was in my brother's room, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and the brother on the other end of the line was like, have you seen Tiana's uh, story? What does it mean? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> uh, it's not funny, but it is because oh, like, no. oh God, I shouldn't laugh, but like, yeah. I know it's funny to me. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad it was funny to you because I found it very funny that one brother would just be like, wait, not even be yeah, like, what's up? hey, <laughs> I just saw this. It's like, hey, have you seen this? And just being so cryptic about it. Yes. I was just over here like in a bit of embarrassment. Like, oh, I didn't think you'd talk about that now on the phone. <laughs> but okay. Right. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> How did it go after that? And like, I had this conversation with my cousin over um, Instagram DMs that um, if my parents like didn't accept this, like in a like if they were pretty like really negative about this, like throw me out of the house kind of way. She said she would like rent an apartment for the both of us to stay in together and all that. And I was like. I don't think we'll need that, but thank you. Like, there's a reason I came out officially this year. Right. Since right. it was summer, I'm leaving for college. I got yeah. four years away for them, so just... Process, yeah. That's very true. Like, college is, you know, a very good place to be... Most colleges. I wouldn't say every college, but, you know, college is a good time for that in general. So, yeah. You're like, yeah. well, if you don't like it, I'm leaving in two months anyway. Yeah. On on an athletic scholarship, so what you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> That's the power move, really. It is. Yeah, it was. And I also think it's Especially like, on the first day of Pride. Not yeah. like <laughs> Well, and I think it's also um I think it's cool that you did it um with Pride Monk versus like um, getting to college and then being like, by the way, <laughs> this thing now that like I'm out of the house, yeah. like I do think it actually like helps in terms of like, um, not that you need to care about this at all because you don't, but like, um, I do think that actually probably helped with like parental stuff a little bit. Like I think mm -hmm. for them to be dealing with like you just left um, while also having their like stupid i'll cut that out but like there's stupid ass feelings about like, yeah. <laughs> anything negative like um for them to kind of get to process those things separately was probably hopefully helpful um yeah to the extent that you want to talk about it um how did things end up going with the rest of your family so my brothers and my cousin's brothers started cutting back on their uh sexual slurs because <laughs> before <That's> good <laughs> yeah. all the time small wins me, all the time to me and my cousin they're all like 
you're a fag, you're a lesbian. Oh my gosh, she's so lesbian and stuff like that. And we would just be like, that literally like makes me cringe. Also, when did you get out of a time machine from 2007? Right, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I've had to deal with it a little bit um, in education, just kids saying stupid stuff. And usually it's the, it's just telling kids why you don't say that's gay. But occasionally mm-hmm. I have to have conversations. I'm like, no, not acceptable language. I'm not putting up with it. If you say it again, you're out. Yes. I'm, I have a pretty hard line about that kind of thing, though. Yeah, but now um, they kind of cut back on that some, and like, it was funny, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Step one. I got my hair dyed, and um, that afternoon, <laughs> my brother comes in, he's like, you look like a lesbian, and I was like, mm, okay, fair. fair <laughs> I, I dyed my hair, okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's that means gay. We all know I we all know dyed hair means gay. Joke that that's like a sign, right? And so like <laughs> before I came out, I had dyed like I had a little bit of purple hair at one point. Um, it's only I had funny an undercut at one it. point. What? But it's only funny when we say it. It's only funny when we say it. But I had an undercut at one point. Um You're bi. it was just like I mean, yeah. I also have, you know, the bi haircut, so yeah, and in my head, I'm just like, yeah, but you bleached your hair, and I helped you dye it to platinum blonde. Oh, God, why? <laughs> this why? is why I, like, can't be trusted to, like, be a person, because I would have immediately been like, um, what about that bleach you, like, insert slur here? Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, frosted tips, what you gonna do about it? Like, yeah, because you're really getting transported back to 2007. 2007, <laughs> 2000, not 2007. Dear God, when InSync was a thing. And you were not born. <laughs> and you were um, not born. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, like, my dad, he doesn't really say anything about that. I think he just doesn't want to, like, open that can of worms. Yeah. He'll just let it happen. He hasn't said, like, anything bad about it but not anything good either and I'm okay with that like you're not ready to open that yet that's fine we can wait (laughs) at least you're being quiet for the meantime yes yeah and my mom she's still trying to convince me I'm not (laughs) I want to ask do you think she's trying to convince you that you're not ace or you're not bi-romantic or both she's trying to convince me I'm not like bi yeah, um, I've had that, ex- not like, not, I haven't had that direct experience, and, um, but I think people genuinely, like, that's when people come out as somewhere on the bi spectrum, you know, um, as being, you know, bi, bisexual, bi-romantic, people are like, oh, but you're not. Yeah. They're like, it's the stepping stone sexuality, and I'm like, it's not a stepping stone sexuality. My attraction to men and my attraction to women is not always the same. It changes. Sometimes yeah. it's women and Chris Pine. Sometimes it's women and Chris Pine and John Cho. Actually, it's always Chris Pine and John Cho. But that's not the point. My point is, like, you know, it changes. And people are like, well, if it's changing, that really means, you're, like, you're veering one way and you're not. No. <laughs> Ugh. I like to say this a lot to my friends. I'm as straight as cooked spaghetti. <laughs> I'm as straight as cooked spaghetti. Where you just like, 
Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through the tough parts of that. Um, I, and we can talk about this offline too, but I hope that you have, and it sounds like you do like between coaches and friends and um, cousins and to some extent brothers, um, folks who are like reaffirming you in your daily life and who is more than probably any other 18 year old I've ever met. You're just like, yeah. And this is like the nonsense part. And this is the <laughs> like, you just go like new, very mature and like have this stuff figured out. Um, and I'm sorry that you're not being met with that same level of care. Um, it also like your friends and cousins were right. Like it was a super brave thing to do, especially with those circumstances. And I wish they had been different, but I'm also glad that people are going to get to hear this from you. Cause I think for a lot of people who listen, um, it is that tough stuff that they can relate to, unfortunately. There was one point I was like, uh, chilling with my dad on the same chair. I was just like, laid my body over him, suffocating him <laughs> with cuddles. And my mom comes in from uh, cooking chicken. She's like, look, there's two of everything. <laughs> and then she somehow turned it into an analogy about my sexuality. Oh, Lord. I We hate when they try to make jokes. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Both my dad and I were like, where did this come from? <laughs> Literally, where did this come from? It's chicken. Yeah. Chicken. So, growing up, did you have any LGBTQ+, especially buyer ace, role models? Um, I don't think I really did until um, I was around 16 or 17 years old. And I was, like, really getting into my K-pop phase. And there's a K-pop idol named Holland. Yeah. He's gay. He's an openly gay K-pop idol. Which is not common. It's not right? at all. Like, anything along the spectrum is very taboo mm-hmm. in Asia. No one speaks of it. No one mentions anything of it. So it's very taboo. So for him to go against this, I thought was so revolutionary and he makes good music too. I'll have to I'll have to go check him out. Yeah. And he like does these little uh um videos on YouTube of like just little things around his life. He does um some Instagram lives sometimes and he tries really hard to communicate in English sometimes for some of us and I'm just like you're working so hard. I just found an article that said um, no one else wanted to be openly gay, so I stood up and he explains why he had to come out. I'm going to have to read this article. Maybe that yes, would be my... Yes, he has a lot of articles on him about being an openly gay K-pop idol. I remember reading an article that talked about how K-pop idols, like, a lot of, like, like, relationships are, like, played up as being like there's like a lot of like homo for lack of a better phrase homoerotic subtext but it's so taboo that it's like it's such a weird like 
we're gonna play this up but also if you're gay that's bad so yes. that was really surprising when you said that when you like, said that i don't remember which clip i'm remembering this from but there was a video i was watching on youtube and there was a girl group and at one point one of the members was like i'm just gonna bring this up and the host was like girls generation right that's another girl group and she was like yeah, girls' generation. Wait, what did she say? I missed that. She said, I like girls. <laughs> oh my god. She said, I like, like girls oh, girl on, generation. On a nationally aired show. Holy shit. And the host of the show was like, girls' generation, right? And she just had to go with it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, like, the only other person that I ever heard of being queer anyway in k-pop k-pop was uh amber lou so that mm-hmm. who's that i love amber yeah. i've gone to two of her concerts oh that's amazing and she has one of the llamas that i threw on stage to her yes <laughs> my oh. only experience with k-pop is i went to chicago for the weekend and it was the weekend of the double bts concert in chicago oh. and i was very upset because by the time i like we had gotten in and we were spending um, the afternoon in Chinatown as we usually do while we're there. And I went to go to all my bakeries and get all my things. Okay, so I'm like going and all of it was gone because all the BTS fans came to Chinatown because apparently there was a K-pop pop-up store and they yes. bought all the mooncakes and they bought all the, the meat buns and it was very upsetting. <laughs> that tends to happen. And so now I'm like, if we're in Chicago, I'm like, we need to know if there's any K-pop concerts and if I need to go in the morning, because if I don't get a barbecue pork bun, I'm going to cry. Yes. Yeah. And like, there was a time in December, I had made um, matching uh, bi-flag bracelets for me and my friend. And I went to a Dreamcatcher concert. And I was in the group that was part of the meet and greet. I gave um, my bracelet to one of the members who I got to share a birthday with. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, is there anything else you want to say? You have you have the floor to say whatever you want. I would just say be comfortable in your own skin. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because they're not you. You're the one who's in control of this body. You're the one who decides what to do with it. On your own skin. Yeah. Are you, uh, have you ever seen any of RuPaul's Drag Race? No, I haven't. Okay. I want to. That's a, okay. I want so, to. in the same boat. Okay. So Canada's Drag Race just finished up the first season of that. And there's a queen named Priyanka. And she is... Um, South Asian and Caribbean um, and parents from Guyana, Guyana. Um, and they ask the same question of like the final, usually like five or six, they ask them like, what would you say to, and they hold a picture of them and they'll be like seven-year-old Mark in this case. Uh, and Priyanka was just like, just be gay, <laughs> be gay. <laughs> and that's what you're, you're going to me think of too. Yeah, I mean, just be comfortable. There's no time limit to this. 
You're, you're so wise. You're so you young, are. but so you so wise. You're gonna kill it. You're gonna be an amazing coach, and you I'm so are. excited to get to watch you. This is gonna be so cool. Um, you have been lovely. If folks want to find you on the social medias, how can they find you? So my Twitter, you already know, is um, at Army Gymnast Twenty Twenty, and then my Instagram is Tiana underscore Win. Then I also have a YouTube channel, which is Tiana. Yes, you do. Yes, you do with all those dance videos. Yes. Well, I now know what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, no, the, the the dance videos are really awesome, and I'm glad I watched some of those today because I was like, "You're a fun girl. Like, this is cool. Like, you're this is gonna be fun. Like, you're." Um, I only think you have good energy. Who comes on is so fun. <laughs> yeah, you've done a great job. You have, and like we always say, come back whenever you want. Come back whenever you want. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're excited to watch you this season um, and good luck with the school year. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about all of this. So it was very um, fun with this interview. Yay. I'm, I'm glad, glad you had fun. Thank you again to Tiana for sharing some time with us, especially right at the beginning of her season. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at H-I-H-O podcast. Our email is half in, half out podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you get to our Instagram or Twitter, you'll find a link tree that will get you to all of the ways to listen, our Patreon and our Public store. We've got some other exciting interviews coming up. Uh, and so we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.